to the generosity experiment. I'm grateful you guys are here and you're sticking with this. If if this is the first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to the episodes before this. They're all in sequence and you can get caught up to speed on what this is all about and what the generosity experiment is. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about the disposition of gratitude, a way of being. And a lot right now, Big Fat is making lists and gratitude lists and books and journals and all this kind of stuff. When we make lists or we think about all that we have to be grateful for, what are we leaving out? That's the question today. What do we leave out when we make those lists? I know most of us would never say we are ungrateful for certain things. Some of the things we leave off this list is because we are just not as grateful for that stuff as we are for the other stuff on the list, right? Well, let's be honest. There is some stuff left off our gratitude lists that you are just not grateful for at all. In fact, some of you might even be ungrateful for, if that can be a thing, right? You don't ever hear, what are you ungrateful for? But gratitude is not an attribute that was meant to be treated like a buffet that you can take what you want and leave what you don't. It's a meal that is enjoyed to its fullest when it is eaten in its entirety. Remember, gratitude is a disposition. It is a way of being. So as soon as you decide that something is not worth being grateful for, you crack open the floodgates. It allows things like victimhood and entitlement to creep in. When you say, I am ungrateful for all of, all of this, but this over here in my life is just not worth being grateful for, you're not eating your whole plate. You're not going to receive the full impact of what gratitude can give you. The Quran, the Islam holy text, is filled with the idea of gratitude. Islam encourages its followers to be grateful and express thanks to God in all circumstances. Not just the good ones, but all of them. You know, you, you, so you want to emphasize that word, all, everything. Not just the ones that pleases you or the obvious things that bring you happiness, but everything. The Islamic teaching emphasizes that the idea that those who are grateful will be rewarded with more. The Quran also says that those who are grateful will be given more by God. The Prophet Muhammad also said, Gratitude for the abundance that you have received is the best insurance that the abundance will continue. Many practices of the Islamic faith also encourage gratitude. The pillar of Islam calling for daily prayer encourages believers to pray to God five times a day in order to thank Him for His goodness. The pillar of fasting during the month of Ramadan is for the purpose of putting the believer in a state of gratitude. Well, there's also other stuff that shows gratitude, other religious texts in history. Gratitude has been said to mold the shape of the entire Christian life. Martin Luther, who was a reformer, referred to gratitude as the basic Christian attitude. And today it is still referred to as the heart of the gospel. In Judaism, gratitude is an essential part of the act of worship and a part of every aspect of a worshiper's life. According to the Hebrew worldview, all things come from God and because of this, gratitude is extremely important to the followers of Judaism. The Hebrew scriptures are filled with the idea of gratitude. Two examples include the Psalms, O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever and I will give thanks to the Lord 
with my whole heart. These religions understood something about the nature of what gratitude is. We learn that it is an attitude, not a list or a thing or even a feeling, but a disposition, a way of being. We learn that it requires our whole heart. We can't say we are grateful for something on one hand and ungrateful for something on the other hand. Or even forget to list something that we're not grateful for, right? A grateful disposition is a way of seeing things more than it is the way of a list that we write down. I'm not going to tell you that it is easy, at least at first, to follow the directives of the religious teaching of Christ or Muhammad, but following it forever, also known as continually, is the way it is meant to be applied to our lives to get the most out of it. Because the the difficulty of the way sometimes the message of appeasement that we get from the outside world, often we fall into the justification trap. We only feel the need to justify something if it is not straight, right? To justify means to make it right or straight. So we only feel the need to justify it if it is not straight or right in the first place. But to remedy our feelings of being crooked, we, we attempt to make it right, but instead of justifying it, we rationalize it instead. We give reasons why, logical stories of why it is not possible to be grateful for this, etc., This creates a compartmentalized life, and gratitude is not compartmentalizable. That's a word. (laughs) It was never meant to be applied to some things in life and not others. Gratitude was a principle given to us so that no matter what the circumstance or scenario, that we could rejoice and learn and progress, no matter what, no matter how dire our circumstances. So as soon as we start to rationalize why... In this one scenario, it is okay to act contrary to be a grateful heart, right? We we do that. We're like, okay, this is okay not to be grateful. We are opening ourselves up to dangerous territory. Because we are not only acting contrary to the law of gratitude, but we are betraying our own sense of what we should do. This is where the slippery slope happens. Because as we betray our sense of what we feel... We should do and we start to look for things to validate our feelings of ingratitude. Let me give an example. A while ago, we had been out late and we got home and the house was a little bit messy. I wanted to go to bed because I had a big day tomorrow and a messy house really is just not that big of a deal to me. So I beelined it for my bedroom and got straight into bed. After laying there about five minutes, I could hear my wife cleaning. My first thought was, I should get up and help. This thought was born out a little bit of obligation and a little gratitude for her willingness to make our home clean and pleasant, right? But after having these thoughts run through my head, I decided that my sleep was more important. And I pulled the pillow over my head to an, an attempt to sleep. Do you think I was able to sleep? <laughs> of course I wasn't. Instead, the longer I laid there in bed, betraying the feeling of what I thought I should do to be, to be more and to do, do what I thought I needed to justify my actions, the more I sat there and I justified it, why I shouldn't be doing it. I was rationalizing my thoughts. And because I was not straight, I was not in line with my gratitude, 
to justify the situation, I could have gotten up and spent five or ten minutes it would have taken to help get things put away. Or I could have simply just gone to my wife and said, I appreciate you cleaning up. I am grateful that you are doing that. I have the desire to help you, but I am going to bed because I need to get up early in the morning. Either one of those responses would have made a big difference in the way that the next 20 minutes would go. Instead of doing that, I met the need to justify my actions or to make them right with rationalizing them. And the best way to rationalize my actions when they are not in alignment with how they should be is to blame the other person. So to validate myself, I needed to paint her as somebody undeserving of my help. So what do you think I did? (laughs) Well, first I pointed out to myself how inconsiderate she was being, knowing that I had to wake up early in the next morning. Then I got a little more unreasonable. I said to myself that she is doing this to try to make me feel guilty. By the time she was done and had come in to go to bed, I wasn't even happy with her at this point. This all happened in a matter of minutes and it happened all by myself. She had nothing to do with it. When we have a sense of what we should be grateful for, but we do not allow the feeling to take hold, we are betraying ourselves too. We start to see the people or the things in our lives differently, just as I started to see my wife differently in those 20 minutes. You've probably all heard of what it means to compartmentalize, right? But I want to talk a little about about what the ramifications are from a psychological standpoint when we compartmentalize our lives as it pertains to gratitude. There is a term called cognitive dissonance. This is where when there's two conflicting ideas or actions taking place. In the case of gratitude, you might think that I know I should be grateful for everything in my life, but I'm not grateful for the fact that I broke my leg. These are opposing views and in direct conflict with each other. So to avoid cognitive dissonance, we like to use something called compartmentalization. This is the art of disassociating the conflict ideas so that we don't need to deal with the increased anxiety that comes from resolving internal conflicts. So we separate each opposing idea into a box, and then to make sense of it, we wrap it with rationalization. Rationalizing is a defense mechanism in which conflicting ideas or feelings are justified and explained in what seems to be a rational or logical way to avoid the truth. And these are made consciously tolerable or even admirable and superior. So without even realizing it, most of the time we justify ourselves into complaining and discontentment by compartmentalizing gratitude because the overall feeling is we should be grateful for everything. But then when we come up to something specifically undesirable or bad, we compartmentalize it, attach a rationalization on as why we don't need to be grateful for it, and then we're living at odds with what the truth is. When we can see life circumstances this way, when we can see that as gratitude is, is necessary for all things, that everything gives us purpose, the fact is, is that it's near impossible to despise something and at the same time have the respect and gratitude that it takes to learn from it. Much like it is working in a weight room. Sometimes 
someone who despises the way that lifting weights makes their body feel, they will never appreciate the fact that it is making their body stronger, let alone see the process through all the way to the end. This applies to circumstances, it applies to relationships, you name it. Anytime that you feel a certain way and you betray that feeling, you get the sense of needing to feel validated in your doing that. So you don't feel bad about yourself. And the way that we do that is by making the person that we should feel gratitude towards, we try to make them unworthy of gratitude. And it doesn't work in our lives. And so the concept of gratitude as a disposition, as a way of being, means that we are grateful for all things in life. The things that are maybe don't feel like they're as pleasant as other things because of the fact that they bring us knowledge, they bring us experience, and they progress us in our lives, whether it's for a later time or whether it's even in the moment. It's all for our good. And that's what the idea of gratitude as a way of being or a um, disposition rather than a list that we're to be grateful for. Thanks for listening today, guys. Like I said, go ahead and check out thegenerosityexperiment.com. You can join us on the Facebook group. Share your aha moments, your feedback. If you have something to share from this episode or any of the other episodes you've listened to, we'd love to hear your feedback. And go out and be generous today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this message, and we'll catch you next time.